Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Genesis chapter 37, I'm going to read verses 5 through 11 there probably, and then we'll skip over to Genesis 41. Genesis 37, amen, glad to have everyone here tonight out in the house of the Lord. Glad that some could find their way out of the woods. And I'm just doing that because he told me he didn't see me there this morning, so I'm just saying that, but amen, glad to have me, Lord, here today. Good to always have Missy as well, amen, tonight, appreciate her, amen, the house of the Lord. Amen. We're going to look in the scripture of Genesis 37, verses 5 through 11. Uh, I am, I'll just admit tonight, I'm a little tired uh, from this weekend of being away and being in prison and so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, we're going to do it, amen, yet again here tonight. I will tell you a little comically, we were there and was ministering yesterday morning early there. And uh, it was so hot in that gym. It was just like, like if you don't want to go to... The place that's not heaven, then this is just an indication. And, uh, and it was so hot, I finally came to a spot. I took off my jacket there. Now, I'm preaching to about 200 ladies that's inmates. And as soon as I start taking that thing off, everybody's like, whoo. <laughs> and I took a solid pause there for a few seconds. <clears throat> Went to my wife and hugged her. And... Uh, I didn't, but I did hear her direction with my jacket. But nonetheless, amen. So uh, don't be alarmed tonight. <laughs> if that would happen here, I, I think the outcome would be different. But nonetheless, Genesis, someone would just be honorary just for the sake of it. I, Genesis 37, verse number 5, the Bible says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. This should sound somewhat familiar. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood around about and made obeyance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance unto me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come? to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Skipping over to chapter 41 and verse number 9, the Bible says, this is later in the story of Joseph, then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in ward, and the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker, and we dreamed a dream. In one night, I and he and we dreamed, each man according to the interpretation of his dream. 
And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream did he interpret. And verse number 13 says, and it came to pass as he interpreted to us. So it was. Me he restored into mine office, and him he hanged. For a little while tonight, I want to talk to you about the dichotomy of dreams and interpretations. And if you don't know the meaning of the word dichotomy, I'll use another word in its place for you. The difference of dreams and interpretations. All right? Amen. Ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we need you here this evening. God, I pray, Lord, each and every mind, God, that it could be stayed up on you tonight in this place. Help us, oh, Lord Jesus, God, to investigate the word. God, investigate our own lives. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be what you would want us to be. I pray, oh, Lord, stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. God, that's your word. Help us, God, to be aware, God, of our surroundings. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to fall in tandem. God, with your spirit tonight, God, of what you would desire, what you would have. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. We have investigated this, of course, Sunday night, and we've done this in Connect Groups on Wednesday. But there's probably maybe some here that often, who here often remembers what you dreamt during the night? People out there that are just constant dreamers and constantly remember what you dream. Has anything you ever dreamed came true? From my understanding, we all dream. They tell me this, that we all dream, but we all might not remember our dreams. I, for one, never remember my dreams, hardly ever. Amen. My wife, on the other hand, can relay dreams to me in vivid technicolor detail of what happened, when happened, how she felt, who was involved. Amen. Some of her dreams are quite bizarre. Some of them are quite laughable. Others, though, throughout time of our marriage now, uh, they have proven significant, especially when she's contacted people whom she had dreams about. And it's amazing how they were point on. To say that every dream is significant would be an overstatement. Yet at the same time, to say that none of them matter or none of them have any meaning would also be an understatement as well. Both Joel, he echoed, and it was echoed again in the book of Acts. Scripture declares that there was a time when old men would dream dreams and young men would see visions. Dreams throughout the word of the Lord were one of the many ways that God chose to speak to his people. Amen. One of the ways that he decided to convey information to them about themselves and about other people or situations. It was through a dream, according to the word of the Lord, that God told Abimelech that Sarah wasn't only Abraham's sister, half-sister, but she was also his wife. God warned Laban in a dream to speak neither good nor bad to Jacob for leaving Amen, don't do that. He spoke to him in a dream concerning these things. Solomon, the Bible says, dreamed that he asked for the ability to have wisdom or the ability to understand. And that that thing that he dreamed, that he asked God, was played out in his real life. And Solomon then became the man that was the wisest man that was among anybody of his era and time and perhaps forever. God made his purpose in the scripture and his will known to the New Testament, Joseph. 
Jesus' stepdad. This is what I'm speaking about, the New Testament Joseph. Jesus' stepdad, he made his purpose and his will known to him for his family on several occasions. He told Joseph, and again, I'm speaking of of Jesus' stepdad, not to be confused with the Joseph of our text. Amen. He told him to go ahead and take Mary because the child that she was carrying was of the Holy Ghost. He told him and warned him to go to Egypt because Herod was seeking the life of the child, the life of Jesus. He told him when they could return, amen, after Herod was dead and spoke to him and gave him direction and all these things. We find that dreams are very important in our Old Testament story of Joseph as well. Joseph had two dreams that I read to you, two dreams himself. Yet it also records in in Genesis 41 that he interpreted two dreams while he was in prison as well from two different people. And finally, he interpreted two dreams upon his release from prison for Pharaoh. Pharaoh had dreamed two dreams that were along the same line, but Joseph had interpreted those dreams as well. And so there's almost a principle that's threaded throughout Scripture from Old Testament to New Testament about dreams and about interpretations, a difference, if you will, among the two. And that is this. Usually one person dreams and another person interprets. In many places throughout the scripture, people did not interpret or give meaning or provide meaning or bring about meaning about their own dreams. They dreamed and another person came and interpreted. That's usually the situation. The Bible says, just for example, in Judges 7 and verse number 12, the Bible says, and the Midianites and the the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it, that it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay alone. Verse 14, and his fellow answered and said, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the hosts. Two people here in the story. One man conveying a dream, but it took the other man to interpret the dream. One man dreamt and the other one interpreted. We see the same type of scenario taking place in the book and in the life of Daniel. He was used, the Bible tells us, as an interpreter of dreams. Not only did he do that, but in one occasion, Daniel even had to restate the dream of one dreamer because he had forgot. What he had dreamed, he had to restate what the man had dreamed and then interpret the dream for him. And Daniel refreshed his memory about the dream and then he gave him the meaning of the dream. Someone dreamt and then another man interpreted. The Bible says in Genesis 40 and verse 7, and he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house saying, wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream 
and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. Joseph, in this setting, noticed the sad countenance of both the butler and the baker, who both in one night dreamt a dream, and he wanted to know why their countenance was fallen. He wanted to know why their faces were sorrowful, and their response to him is very telling. They tell him, we have dreamed a dream, but there is no interpreter for the dream. See, there is this, this, this principle. They seem like We know we can't interpret our own dream. We need somebody to interpret it for us. There isn't anybody here to give it meaning or to provide and bring meaning to us about what we have dreamed. And so Pharaoh's dreams even, he dreams those two dreams that are very similar. And yet it is again Joseph, someone that didn't dream the dream, that interprets them. Joseph interprets the dreams also then of the butler and the baker. Joseph dreams, but who is going to interpret Joseph's dreams? Not Joseph, because that's not the normal principle of scripture. If he dreams, somebody else is going to have to interpret his dreams. I want to pause here for a moment tonight and encourage someone here that may have dreamed some dreams, whether they have been literal or whether they have been figurative. You may have some aspirations even in your life concerning your walk with God. Amen. Yet you don't understand what they are all about. You don't understand what they all encompass. Amen. But here's something I need to encourage you with tonight. Do not discard the part of the dream you don't understand. Don't discount or ignore the part of the dream that you don't understand. Because just because you don't understand, amen, what something means does not signify it will not exist or it will not happen. Go back, if you will, with me to Jesus' stepdad, Joseph, his earthly father. The Bible records this in the scripture in Matthew 1 and verse 20. But while he thought on these things, speaking of Joseph, Jesus' dad. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, right now, if I'm dreaming that, there's something right there I don't understand. We, we, We don't have any precedent here that we can look back and say, well, that happened to Myrtle too. No, no, no. There's something happening right here that I don't understand. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Folks, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's a lot right here that I'm not understanding concerning this dream. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So I'm telling you tonight, here Joseph, Jesus' daddy, he dreamed a dream. Angel of the Lord is speaking to him, and there are several things that's being relayed to him in the dream that he does not understand. But Joseph knew, just because I don't understand it doesn't mean I need to write it off. Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean I need to throw it out in the garbage and just say, forget that. No, no. Rather, look what Joseph did. He followed through on what he did understand. 
Someone say amen. He followed through on him. What he did understand, the Bible says he went on and took Mary to be his wife. And whenever that child was born, he did call it Jesus. He didn't understand this conception by the Holy Ghost thing. He didn't understand how Jesus was going to save, amen, the people from their sins. He says, but I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to follow through on what I do understand and leave what I don't understand unto the Lord. Someone say amen. Woo. There isn't anything odd then about Joseph in our text being able to interpret the dreams of others yet not interpret his own dream. Not understand, if you will, some pieces of his own dream. I'd say sometimes and perhaps even most of the time it is easier to see what God is doing in another person's life than it is in your own life. Amen? I've, I've always stated that Joseph dreams again, but who interprets? Evidently not Joseph concerning his own dreams. It's evident that Joseph dreams and his dreams concern he and it concerns his family. Joseph shares his dreams. He, he never attempts, as we can see in the scripture, he never attempts to interpret them and says, well, you know, I wonder what that means or I wonder how that's gonna take place or I wonder what that symbolism of moon is. I wonder how all that really interprets. However, when Joseph told his dreams to his brothers and his dad, look what happens. They begin, just follow me here, they begin to interpret. He tells them his dreams and the brothers in question form begin to interpret. Will you reign and have dominion over us? Daddy's like, will the family bow before you? Someone say amen. Both are making these statements. Again, they're not emphatic statements that they are making, but they're doing it in question form as though they're not real certain, but they're just kind of conjuring something up here. Are we going to bow before you? Is the family going to bow before you? Amen. Ironically, though, tonight, listen to me. Their interpretations were spot on. But watch me here. But they didn't have the proper context for the interpretation. And whenever there are dreams and interpretations without context, that leads to criticism. Watch. So the dreamer shouldn't discard what he doesn't understand, but the interpreter should not criticize the interpretation without knowing the context or the setting of the interpretation. Watch it here, dream number one. Dream number one of Joseph. His sheaf rose up, stood upright, the Bible says, and their sheaves made obedience, or if you will, they bowed basically to his sheaf. The Bible says that his brothers hated him. Yeah. They hated him the more because of his dreams and their interpretation. Huh? Because of their dream and their, his dream and their interpretation of his words. Dream number two, sun, moon, 11 stars. Again, bow down to Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, listen to me. Joseph not only told his brothers his dream. But he told his father also. The Bible says that his father rebuked Joseph. 
I'm sure the other boys enjoyed that. They're already angry and hating and mad at their brother anyway. Get him, dad, get him. Rebuke him. Give him an old tongue lashing. Right? Amen. Because here is the son who had the coat of many colors, the favored son, the loved son, that's now the rebuke son. The son that dad normally loved, now he's rebuking. Not only that, dad kind of responded a little bit similarly, amen, to the way that Joseph's brothers even had responded in the first dream. He's a little questionable about this whole interpretation about what's going on. The Bible says that the brothers even envy Joseph and that his father observed the saying or he observed the dream. Someone say amen. Because see what the brothers really wanted, they wanted to be the ones bowed down too. They didn't want to bow down to Joseph. But his father was just going to observe everything and see how everything played out. And both were very critical to begin with. Both Joseph's daddy and his brothers. Why? Because they didn't understand why they would be bowing. You hear me? Context. They did not understand why they would be bowing to their brother or to their son. But if they knew the context, you hear me? If they knew the context that several years from this moment, there's going to be famine throughout the land. Several years throughout this moment, that same little snotty-nosed boy was going to be second in command of Egypt of over all the grain ring. And if they knew the bowing was for the purpose of them just giving honor to someone in command of granary that could feed them. I guarantee you they would not be as critical as they were in the moment. If they knew the context of the interpretation. Someone say amen. If they realized in order for Joseph to be in that moment that he would have to be sold, that he would have to suffer the pit, that he would have to suffer being bought, that he would have to suffer being lied on and imprisoned and forgotten, I doubt they would have envied him. I doubt they would want to have been the ones to be bowed to. They just didn't understand the context of the interpretation. Amen. Sometimes our limited knowledge is to our disadvantage because we think we know what we know when we don't know. The people that knew Joseph best, most, his family, the most intimately, as Bishop said a week ago, and even in our text tonight, I believe, if not, it's there in Genesis 37 and 19. They knew Joseph as the dreamer. While those that truly only knew Joseph on the surface saw him as an interpreter. <laughs> I've wrestled with this at different times in my life. Why is it? Why is it that? Why is it that the brothers and dad see him as the dreamer? But the butler and the baker and payroll and all these people see him as the interpreter. Is it the level of relationship? Is it because one is family and one isn't family? Amen. Hallelujah. Again, Genesis 37 19 said, his family say, his brothers say, they said one to another, behold this dreamer. 
cometh. And we looked at this last week and uh, you could probably go any direction but I almost see them saying that disdainfully toward their brother. Here comes the dreamer. But why call him the dreamer and not the interpreter as others would call him later? You hear? Here we go. Because you can only be known as an interpreter if there are others around you dreaming. Because the rule of thumb in scripture is you don't interpret your own dreams. So the only way you can be an interpreter if there's others in your circle, if there's others around you, if there's others you rub shoulders with, if there's others you have confidence with that are dreamers. I say at the first apostolic church, not only do we need dreamers, but we need interpreters. And not only do we need interpreters, we need dreamers. But in order for there to be an interpreter, there's gotta be somebody dreaming. There's gotta be somebody with a vision. There's gotta be somebody with something that's beyond the here and the... My God! Jacob and the boys only knew Joseph as the dreamer instead of the interpreter because none of them are dreaming. And when you're the only dreamer, listen, you'll be misunderstood. Huh? Because you've never thought beyond today. You had no aspirations beyond the now. You've reached the ceiling of your life. Just the routine and the regular and the clocking in and clocking out, coming and going to church and raise. All of that's just norm and that's the apex of it all. But to the dreamer, they say there's something more. To the dreamer, they say there's something greater. To the dreamer, there's a hunger that's unsettled. And so the boys conspire to kill him. Not do they, they don't only just not understand him, but they don't understand the totality of his dream. Because they don't dream. It's a word of advice tonight. Listen, never kill the dreamer. In whose story you participate. Because you never know the influence that might have on your own life. Years later, they're getting drained from their brother. During famine. Had they snuffed him out, whose hand were they going to get it from? Don't kill the dreamer. Who's participating in your story? You never know the influence that it may have on your life. They saw the dream as being subjected to Joseph. We're going to be in submission to him. We're going to be tied and tethered to him. He's going to be lording over us. 
right? He's, he's going to treat us uh, unbecoming and uh, cruelly because he's going to have us bowing and bending and all of this. Amen. But it was so much more than just that. It wasn't so much about being under the power of some uh, cruel-faced and snarly leader. It was about being under the power of somebody that could supply something when you had need of it. Oh, someone say Amen. Hallelujah. They saw it purely as being subjected to him. But what it was really going to play out in their life was not subjection to Joseph, but supply from Joseph. And so from this point of the story forward, Joseph interprets other people's dreams. The butler, the baker, Pharaoh's dreams. As a matter of fact, you don't see where Joseph makes any more mention about his dreams. He's just interpreting other people's dreams. Though the brothers didn't kill the dreamer, still it seems as though something died in Joseph from that point on. Job says it like this concerning dreams. Job chapter 20 and verse number 8. He says, he's making a little analogy here, but the point can be derived. He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. Job is making a comparison here to somebody, to a dream. He says he shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. The living Bible says it like this. He will fade like a dream. Tells me that dreams have a tendency to fade if they're not shared, if they're not retold. As Bishop said last week, if they are not rehearsed, many times they fade and they are forgotten and they fly away and cannot be found. Joseph was only later known as an interpreter because he had stopped dreaming. Or at least stop telling his dreams. Or giving voice to his dreams. And think for, and we, we, we may have discussed this, but maybe he didn't want to because, well, those he did share with wasn't too keen on what he was sharing. And so when the butler and the baker told Joseph, hey, we, we dreamt, we, we dreamed a dream. Notice, when they said that, Joseph doesn't say, you know what well, I dreamed once. It's not what he does. When they said they dreamed, he didn't say, I, I, I dreamed once and began to tell them about the sheaves and began to tell them about the moon and the stars. No, 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 no. He didn't do that at all. And maybe, maybe Joseph felt like his dreams is what got him in all this mess to begin with. I don't know. Amen. Maybe he thought that the opinion of his family was just too heavy on him to be able to share a dream. Nevertheless, the Bible says upon hearing the dream that the butler and the baker had, Joseph, he reassures them. He says, listen, he said the interpretation, he said, belongs to God. Oh, watch me real carefully here. I'm telling you tonight, be careful whose interpretation of your dream you subscribe to. Amen? Oh, God, help me. Because not every interpreter is God-led, God-instructed. 
Let me just put a little disclaimer out there. If you got to send a little seed money for interpretation, go on and zip your wallet back up and go find God. Interpretations belong to the Lord. I believe he's reassuring them, the butler and the baker. I believe Joseph is even reassuring himself. Hallelujah. I mean, come on, think for a moment. Have you ever told someone something you needed to hear yourself? I believe what he told them is something that he needed to hear himself. He told that butler and baker, you got a dream? He said, that's all right. Interpretations belong to the Lord. I believe the reassuring word he gave them was a reassuring word he gave himself because so many years had already passed. In the back of his mind, he's saying, Joseph, it's not over, buddy. God's got the interpretation of your dream too. He's got theirs, but he's got yours too. Now look, speaking of interpretations, be careful what you subscribe to because the Bible says that basically all of Egypt were made to bow before Joseph whenever he was putting in his position in place. Somebody could have come along in Joseph's life and said, there you have it, buddy. There's the fulfillment of your dream. You had sheaves bow down to you. You had sun, moon, and stars. Well, this is the hierarchy of Egypt. I mean, you know, sun and moon, the, the lesser light and the greater light. This is the greatness of Egypt. It's bowing down to you. There's the fulfillment of your dream. But that wasn't the interpretation of the dream. It's in Genesis 42 that the Bible tells us, Joseph, here he is. He's the governor over all the land. What's happening? His sheaf is rising up. It's standing upright. He's been in pit. He's been in prison. He's, it's rising up. Joseph's brothers come because of the famine. They bow themselves before him with their faces to the earth. They're making bowing motions to his sheaf. And we're like, man, first dream fulfilled. But in actuality, that's not even quite fulfilled. As far as the second. Because he said it'll be the sun and the moon and the 11 stars. Mom and dad and the 11 brothers. In the first trip, Benjamin wasn't there. Oh, someone say amen. It'll be later that Benjamin will be brought and there'll be bowing again of the brethren in Genesis 43. And it's in this moment that the fulfillment of the dream is taking place. However, the first dream and all of that happening, that was enough to cause Joseph, particularly the second time, to remember, I said this last week, to remember the dreams that he dreamed concerning them because that dream had flown away somewhere. It is though it did not exist anymore. It was unable to find. It could not seem to come back to his memory. However, when he saw that take place, he remembered his dream. I need somebody to take confidence tonight that the very ones that hated the dreamer and the very ones that wanted to kill the dreamer unintentionally brought the dreamer back to life. The one that wanted to kill him was the very one that brought his dream back to life. Rekindle the memory. Rekindle There's just some things you shouldn't tell McGee. And... <laughs> Someone say amen. Yeah. 
having been solely recognized as an interpreter, now the dreamer resurfaced when Joseph remembered. Joseph's dream didn't get him out of prison. But it almost seems like interpreting other people's dreams did. The butler remembered him two years, two years later. But he told Pharaoh, I knew of a man when I was in prison. Not a man that dreams. But a man that interprets dreams. His dream didn't get him out of prison, it seems. But him being an interpreter of dreams got him out of prison. Joseph's dream didn't get him in the position of the second command of the granary of Egypt. No. But it seems as though his interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams helped him secure that row. Someone say amen. Stand with me. I'll close here quickly. One of the marvels of the story of Joseph is this, and please listen very clearly to me right now. Joseph's dreams were fulfilled as he interpreted the dreams of those around him. Joseph's dreams were fulfilled as he interpreted the dreams of those that were around him. Now listen, I know the principle as we look through God's word is one dreams and the other interprets. I'm here to tell you tonight this. Listen to me. You can interpret your own dream by helping others around them interpret their dream. He interpreted the butler and the baker. That got him out of prison to Pharaoh. He interpreted Pharaoh's. That got him out of there to second command over granary. What happens? The boys show up and bow. Dream fulfilled. By interpreting the dreams of other people in his life, his own dream was coming into fulfillment. What are you saying? Don't get caught up in your own dream. Help somebody else fulfill their dream and watch yours unfold. And I believe and I know it is a biblical principle. And we'll go there just real quickly and I'll be still. But Ephesians chapter number four and verse number 16, because this this is really what it means to be a part of this glorious thing called the body of Christ. This is really what it means. When we look at Ephesians 4, 16, it says from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint, I know it's kind of wordy, by that which every joint supplieth according, next, to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. All that says this, the body is comprised of several members. Every member has a contribution to make to another member. And the contribution that is made benefits the whole body and every member in the body. So what this boils down to is this. When I help you, what's been purposed within your life and what God has purposed in your life, 
my own purpose for my life is built up and edified and comes to fruition. This dream and interpretation thing is not something done alone. It's done in community. It's done in community. It's fulfilled in community. It comes to fruition in community. Because we need an interpreter and we need dreamers. And by our help with one another, with one another, it stokes the fire, the memory of our dream, and it brings it even to pass in each of our lives as we help one another. So tell me tonight, what's your dream? Why? Because I got one, and I know mine's going to be helped along by helping yours along. It's just the difference of dreams and interpretation. Can we just bow our heads in this place tonight? Last Sunday night, Bishop told us, don't give up on our dreams. I'm here tonight trying to tell you the difference between dreams and interpretation and who who you need to subscribe to as far as interpreting your dreams and what portions you don't need to cast away just because you don't understand them. And what you need to follow through on that you do understand. Let me say this tonight. You don't have to understand all of it in order to follow through on some of it. Sometimes we're in the mode. Well, I just don't know. You know, sometimes certain people are certain way. If I don't understand it all, then I'm not even going to follow through on what I do understand. Follow through on what you do understand. And it might shine light on what you don't understand. Is there anybody tonight here with a dream? Is there anybody here tonight that served as an interpreter to help other people's dreams alone? I'm here to tell you tonight, sir or ma'am, you've not been forgotten. Sir or ma'am, your own personal dream's not been forgotten. Brother McGee, seems like all I do is help other people. That's all right. That's going to come around full circle and it's going to push yours a little more forward. These altars are open. If someone would like to find a place to pray and say, God, I'm here tonight. God, there's times, Lord, that I find myself as the dreamer, but there's times I need an interpreter. And there's times, God, that I serve as the interpreter in other people's lives, and I'm like, hey, what about me? And I don't even realize that in the moment that I'm helping them, my own purpose is being helped alone. I don't see it. I don't recognize it, God. There may be someone here tonight. Amen. That needs just to reach out to the Lord and say, God, help me, Lord, with the parts that I don't understand. Help me with the parts, God, that I I can't make any sense out of. Lord, I'm going to follow through on the things that I do, but help me, God, with the things I don't. Help me, oh, Lord Jesus, today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, can someone reach out to the Lord right now? There is a difference, yes. It takes both, yes. But there is a great link and relationship between both that edifies us as a church, that edifies us as a body of Christ. Amen. Together, every joint supplying, it's compacted, it's there. There is a relationship of a benefit of both. God, when we involved ourselves in this thing, I'm not here to criticize you. I'm not here to look down my nose at you. I'm just asking myself, how can I help them? Hallelujah. How can I help them? 
and in do so may unknowingly even help myself by doing so. I pray, oh God, today, Lord Jesus, revive some things in hearts and minds of people. God, let them play both the role of the dreamer and the interpreter, I pray, oh God, in the life, Lord Jesus, of the church. God, so that we might be edified, that we might be pushed forward. I pray, oh God, collectively, Lord, as a community of people, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
you. Can we raise our hands and just be thankful to the Lord tonight? God, we're so grateful, Lord Jesus, this evening unto you. God, we're mindful, Lord, of you. God, we know your ability, Lord, to come through, Lord, in our individual lives. God, is speaking truth, God, about things, Lord, that we abhor in our hearts and upon our minds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Those who are praying, that's fine. They can continue to pray. I'm going to ask Brother Fred to come and just hold this back tonight. This is, again, for Pastor Tony Frederick and Sister Glenda. Amen. They lost the home and contents and uh, lost, actually, a family, their dog in the fire as well. And, uh, of course, there will be, you know, insurance. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.